What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of What's Up, Woody. I'm your host, Woody Woodbeck. I'm so excited about this week's episode because I have the one and only Pastor John Gray and his amazing wife, Aventure Gray. In our conversation, we get really in-depth and share our personal stories with each other. We talk about religion, we talk about family, we talk about Miss Oprah, honey, and we talk about the Book of John Gray. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Thank you very much. And here are the one and only Aventure Gray and Pastor John Gray. Hello, fam. Praise the Lord, Saints. Hold on. Where are you guys right now? Greenville. Oh, you are. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you not are you guys not living in Houston at all anymore? Or we have a house. Just not there. Got it. Um, I like your sweatshirt. Ab, what does your sweatshirt say? Um that's your church, right? More doing, less worrying, more hoping, and probably eternal hope society. I don't, I got this from somebody gave it to me. That's nice. Well, it's good to see you guys. You know, you I too, have man. so much love. You see my, you see my shirt? I still can't breathe. Come on. No justice, no peace. Let's go. All day, every day. You know, I stand, uh, I stand with, um, my brothers and sisters in this fight that Black Lives Matter, that is for sure. So what's been up? I haven't seen you guys in a bit. Man, it's been a lot going on. You, you got a lot of stressors. You got a church, you got a family, you got kids, you got life, you got parents. Her mom was in the hospital for like a week. And, uh, you know, that's a lot. And uh, I mean, just the stress that comes with trying to figure it all out. Is Bonnie doing okay? She's coming along pretty good. She is. Are you sure? She's getting stronger, a lot stronger every day. And um, I'm just trying to figure out today how to get her home um, so she can finish therapy there. But the House isn't prepared for that. I'm trying to figure out how I can quickly get it in order so they can go. So what what happened with mom? What, she she at Theory's Nutcracker. Oh, okay. And, um, she had like a break hip or something, or she broke. It was a detached um, humerus was shattered. She had. Um, her scapula, clavicle area, it, the ball was detached completely from her shoulder. And so she had a reverse shoulder replacement and just trying to get feeling back and um, mobility. That was her biggest fear of falling. And so it's been a rough ride. When did that happen? December 12th. Okay, so she's had surgeries or whatever since then and is, is on the path of doing better, I take it. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Okay, because I love that woman. So I want to make sure that she's, that she's good because she's, she's, one, she's one of the uh, uh, walkable angels on this planet. That is for sure. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yes. How is your mom doing, John? She's good, man. 78 years old, driving every weekend. From Cincinnati to Greenville, 
You can't tell her nothing. And uh, wait, is she in Cincinnati right now? That's where I am. That's where I'm taping uh, my podcast right now. I'm in Cincinnati. She's here, but she'll be going back to Cincinnati tomorrow. Oh um, yeah, I'm here until Friday. What are you doing in Spot City? I, <laughs> I'm doing an, <laughs> I'm doing a, a show for we about uh, people who get out of prison <laughs> and find love. No. Listen, any way to pay the bills, John. <laughs> what, neighborhood, uh, what neighborhoods are you driving to and all that? We're in, we're like near Bethel. We're in mostly near Bethel, which is, you know, like 30 minutes, I think, south of Cincinnati. You're, yeah. you're, you're, in, you're near the river or no? We're, I don't know exactly because we've only really gone to like two places because of COVID. We have to be, ser- we have to be careful about like where we shoot, where we go, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we're right off the highway. Okay. It's been a great time from what I've seen of the three oh, places I've been to. <laughs> I'm, I'm here, I'm doing this show, and then I go to uh, um, uh, Grand Rapids to do 90 Day Fiance. So, okay. For like a few days. How, yes. long, um, how long have you been in Cincinnati? Uh, like a week, just oh. about a week. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, just keep them busy. You know how it goes. I know. So, so uh, do you guys miss Houston at all? And, and a bigger question, are you guys in touch with people in Texas during all of this madness that's going on with the weather and people not having power and, you know, unfortunately, people, you know, people have died and, you know, it's yeah. pretty sad. That's that's an amateur question. She's been... What's been happening, Ab? Um, I've been in touch with people. People are just trying to figure it out. Um most of the people who are close to us, they're having some issues. Um, Paula is good. Her family was cold one night. They all packed into one room, but after that, they were they were much better. Um, well, that's good. I mean, it definitely seems like there's a lot of issues going on down there, so I, I've been praying for everyone to make sure that they're good and safe because I know you know I have a lot of friends in Dallas area and they were like it was like eight degrees like for many nights back to back without power so I can't imagine how those people are doing yeah it was it's insane yeah it's insane so do you go back to do you guys go get to go back to Lakewood at all or are you guys not in touch yeah, with um, right now I haven't been back to Lakewood in some months just um Personally speaking, I walk through real challenges and, you know, there's really no reason to be trying to be sitting up in every, first of all, Pastor Joel is the squeaky clean guy, right? So when you go through hell, you don't want, you know, that being attributed to you or being connected to you. So um, it was best to take some time and, you know, let that dissipate and, you know, trying to we're trying to expand over here and trying to establish things over here, and um, you know, so honestly, it was it was a it was a win win. I wouldn't anticipate being back there till the summer, as far as preaching is concerned, but mm-hmm. you never know. Yeah, especially because it is such a large congregation. That mm-hmm. church, you know, the the amount of people that go to that church is. Because your church, 
How how many people on average do you guys have at your church in Greenville? Uh, we're not really. It's not back to capacity or anything like that. So right, right, right. On a Sunday, the biggest thing is online. Sure, sure. And I've watched I watch your service online all the time on Sundays. Yeah, See? yeah. Well, that's where most of the people are are getting content. And so, like I said, it's 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 really like trying to figure out the balance between the two because you don't want to bring people back 100% and people start getting sick and dying. Right. Uh, all of that right. for you, you know, all of that for you to say that, you know, you wanted people back in a building, it's not worth it. Yeah, it's 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 a fine line. It's it's a weird balance, you know. Like if we try to do the show that we were lucky enough to do together during a time like this, it would be really hard. Like I don't I don't think that we would be able to tell the stories as authentically as we did, you know, a couple of years ago. You know, I think it's I, I think we have to be much more careful, and you know, I'm not quite sure that people would sign up for the show as much to you know in regards like that because i just did a show in atlanta and i never really left my hotel to be honest i never really left my hotel room i left my room when i had to go to set i had to be there but like otherwise we were just trying to be safe you know so i'm sure that's translating to you guys and i'm sure because you both are such people of faith that that's also hard because you want to have that connection with people in person, right? Like that's where you, that's where you have those kind of moments. So it's not always easy to just do it online. I'm sure. Yeah. Cause I've been around both of you in person. You're <laughs> not that your energy doesn't translate through the computer, but your energy definitely is abundant in person. You know, like you guys have a power and a of prayer about you. And I'm sure that that comes through much more in person. I, you know what? I think that things are changing. People are are connecting with God in a different way and with content. Um, you know, I think that if if nothing, if there's nothing that I've learned in in this moment in my life is that, um, you know, when when God puts His hands on you, He will whoop you when you're doing wrong, but He won't leave you because that was His promise. Mm -hmm. um, and whether it's live or online, it's translating. It's very strange. Everybody doesn't have that gift. Everybody's not telegenic. Everybody is not, can't connect. My thing is this, people connect with hearts. If you're listening to me, you, you, you roll with me. Like that's, those are people that have gone through the journey and like, I rock with him. It's not like I'm discovering this guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that's you know, just kind but, of. But, dur but during this time, it's also like probably of all times where we everything is in question, right, in our life. So like now is the time to lean into our faith and and maybe discover something new and, and something broader than who we are. Because I because I, I I know like for me personally, and I, I'm just talking about myself because that's what the show's about is like, you know, just making sure I lean into who I am. I want to make sure that the biggest thing for me in doing the show and doing this podcast is that I have people I love, I care about, I support, and that get me, you know, like I know that y'all get me. So y'all know that I'm a, I'm a, <laughs> this isn't, this is, I'm not trying to pull okie doke. Like, you know that my show is going to be as real as it comes, and I want to give everyone 
the business, okay? <laughs> Not only do we get you, we got you. You see what I'm yeah. saying? You wanna, you wanna, you wanna have moments like this with people that that you know love you yeah. and understand. Yeah. Like I don't like sitting down for anything. And Aventor was like, we're doing Woody's podcast because you reached out to me, but you know, I don't schedule nothing. Yeah, right. I wasn't showing up and I was still (laughs) an hour and a half late. And I'll be like, tell him what this time so he can show up on time. Yeah. Uh, But but even as tough as today is, because, you know, it has not been an easy day for her. So, you know, this this face with all that glow took a lot. But that's love. That's her love. And our relationship, you do things based on relationship, right? And and so, you know, Woody Woodbeck is a part of our family. Like you're you're as much a brother to me as my brother Derek, who we got the same dad. You see what I'm saying? And um, we've cried together, we've laughed together, we prayed together, and those things don't go away. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and truth be told, you have both of you have really been there for me in ways like that were very unexpected. Like, you know, like when you take a job, you're like, oh yeah, you know, like you're going to go to a job and you're going to do your job because that's what you get hired for, right? But then when you are able to develop and value a relationship, especially with cast members, that's when it really, like, I mean, what was it? Week three, Aventure and I went to the gallery, honey, we went shopping. <laughs> we had a good old Like, I'm sure, the, I know that you guys have a great, uh, line of faith and understanding with both of your parents, but you know, it's not always easy for everyone. You know? Well, I want to say this about parents. So the thing that I was talking to one of my friends about, I think maybe a couple of days ago was that um, I was born to a Christian family. You know, I grew up Baptist, missionary Baptist. If my parents were atheists, I'd probably be an atheist. You get what I'm saying? Like if they were Muslim, I would be Muslim. If they were, you know, Catholic, I'd be that. I think that, you know, children are impacted and infused, you know, by whoever they're born to. And so I thought that religious practices of waking up, going to church on Sunday was just something that we did until I encountered my own relationship with with Jesus and decided that he was for me not just my parents you know way mm-hmm. of of approaching what what their religious or spiritual beliefs were and I think that as a society we do each other a disservice by um judging people uh based on who they are where they are and what they've come to know and how they have came to know it those things are are, are very um, personal, uh, it's invasive. Um, and I think that a lot of times if you live out loud and you live boldly, people will wanna know more about who, who you serve and what you believe versus you, know, you telling people you're wrong for. You know, um, there are so many times where it is um, super offensive to tell somebody what they're wrong for. I mean, just the moral things, you know, you shouldn't kill, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't hurt people, you know, you shouldn't, you know, be ugly. You shouldn't wake up trying to hurt people, be dismissive. That, that I mean, we all exist in the world together. It, it belongs to all of us, not just one particular color group, religious belief or whatever. 
So the existence and harmony comes from just agreeing to disagree or agreeing to agree with who you agree with without being offensive to other people. And I don't think we found a, a place of balance in that where I can be like, you know what, this is what I believe, this is how I choose to live, but I love you. And if this is something that you do that's different from me, that doesn't make me better, it makes me different. Mm -hmm. And I think that we lose that a lot in society. I 1000% agree with that. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that, uh, you know, unfortunately we live in a world where um, everyone has an opinion. <laughs> And everyone has an outlet to share said opinion, <laughs> you know, whether that's social media or blogs or whatever, um, people are going to feel how they feel, which doesn't necessarily say that that's wrong, but it also, uh, like for me, the conversation is what I think is important is the fact that we shouldn't dismiss conversation with each other just because we feel differently about things. We should be open to understanding. You know, like on my show, I'm going to have people that I don't necessarily agree with on everything on, but like opening up the, the door and the floodgates to having a conversation is what's important, you know? And that's really important to me because listen, <clears throat> I grew up, with religion, and we've talked about this, it, very conflicted for me because I was raised Catholic. My dad was Baptist, you know, but heads, Italians, you know, Italian Catholics, you know, they're, they're very hardcore when it comes to religion uh, and Baptists are as well. But what became important to me and what I realized, especially in discovering who I was, is that my relationship with God is my relationship with God. It's not defined by anybody else. And, and, no one and I look up to people like you guys who speak in the word, you, but the, the thing about you guys that's so important to me and that I really want to make abundantly clear is there's never been one time you guys have judged me ever. You love me for me 100%. And you understand that there is a struggle right? That we're just trying to navigate the course and figure out when it comes to religion. But ultimately, the message that we both carry, in my opinion, that is clear is that God loves everyone. All the time. Yeah. There's never a time where God does not love you. You might have made a mistake. You might do something that you feel like is absolutely out of the norm. You may have traveled down a wrong path, taken a detour and purpose, you know, done some things that you're not proud of he didn't stop loving you you know what i'm saying he he won't i think the message should be absolutely clear that he is for everybody he doesn't belong to anybody he's for everybody he created everybody so he doesn't belong to a particular group of people and he isn't governed by their thoughts that's what people have to understand about about god that god isn't moved by people's plots or plans against another group of people that's just not who he is not what he does so. and, that, and that's never been the case because really if you look back like the people that we judge the most homeless prostitutes like that's people that like he he embraced those people he, he didn't turn his back on those people and i think that that's what people forget i think 
one of the things I can draw from for the past few years in my own experience, um, I've been the popular guy on all the circuits. I was the most popular, you know, evangelist that wasn't a senior pastor. Um, and then all hell breaks loose because the truth is I was unhappy the whole time. I had self-hatred. I had all kinds of things that I've discovered during therapy in these past, you know, seven, eight months or something. Uh, yeah, whatever it is. There are things that I've just started to address and religion never helped me with it because religion is just the repetitive motion of expression. But if you don't really get to know the God of the religion that you say you connect to, <clears throat> if it's not real, nothing's ever going to change. But I can tell you this, I've always had grace for broken people because I saw myself as one, even if I didn't say it out loud. I think for me, it's the most refreshing place to be um, in a raw, unfiltered experience. And I'm like, I'm waiting on God to leave me because people left. God is not people and he's not like people. And if everybody leaves and God stays, you're good. But if everybody stays and God leaves, you're done. So when it comes to what you said about not judging, it's like, you're my brother. Why would you? Why would I leave? Yeah. You know, because you choose to love differently. Your expressions are different. Your identity is different. I just talked about this at church yesterday. Uh, the, the message was called intentional family and that there's a seat at the table. And, I'll, and, I, and we talked about the, the story of the prodigal, the, the prodigal son and the judgmental brother. Which one are you? Are you the one that judges and says they don't belong at the table? Who doesn't belong at the table? The black guy, the white guy, the gay girl, the transgender. Who doesn't, who, who are you saying doesn't get to come to the table? Yeah, who determines that? Who determines that? There's only one person that determines that. And that's right. God. Last time I checked, the father said, give him the best robe, Marine, give him sandals. We're going to restore you because souls have no gender. And I know that gets people angry. I don't care. The truth is, if you if you all are having this conversation about love and you said God loves everybody, she says it, I believe it. The theological construct offends people because religion is about exclusion. Mm -hmm. My way is right. Your way is wrong. Right. And, right. and you're going to hell. Here's what I've determined. I believe on faith that I'm right. And I'd like to introduce you to how I got there. But it's your choice on whether or not you want to receive it. And then whatever happens is between you and God. But I got a whole lot to work out. So I don't have time. To, to be judging you because I'm too busy looking in this dag on mirror. So yeah, trying to, trying to figure it out. And I think, and I think that's true. I mean, I, I think, you know, especially in the world today, <laughs> we spend a lot of time trying to figure other people out when really we forget how to search internally and figure out ourselves. You know, I, I, that's something I also am working through with therapy and it, myself, you know, like, I think that there is a commonality in all of us. And if we just open up our hearts to it, that we'll be able to make the world a much better place. You know, I think it's why I, I, I love both of you so much. You know, I just think that. If people are completely honest with themselves, 
the things that really um, make their heart sing and the things that really, really speak to them, they need to pay attention to and just do that, you know, versus trying to conform to what you feel like will um, appease people who didn't create you. That's whack. You don't have to do that. Mm. Just be who you are and do what you want as long as you aren't hurting people. That's not what we're supposed to be doing. You shouldn't be hurting people by living whatever you want to live. I think that there, the, the governance in how you communicate, how you handle people, how you are you handling people the way God would handle them? That's the thing, like my living and my handling. I think that people forget that the choices that they make selfishly affects so many people for generations and so many things for generations. So if you say you're one thing, then do that because other people are believing what you say and are believing and are watching you based on their their confusion about who God is in their minds. So if you're gonna be a carrier of that, if you're gonna carry love in all forms, then you gotta carry it authentically. Because the moment that you know you step outside of that or something ha happens, you want the real people are fine with humanity, but I just think that when you put put the God on it is what is what really just kind of takes people away from him. Um, that governance issue, how you handle things like. It is live your life and live your truth and people take that and they run with that. But the other part of it is, is why have stop signs? Why have red lights, green lights and yellow lights? Why have statutes? Why have, you know, governing boards and, you know, board of directors and people who are the decision makers? Why have all of those things? If we can just do what you want to do, do all of that and everything, crash cars, you know, still, I mean, roll, sure. roll right. in the grass. She's walk talking outside, about the purge. Rock, rock yeah, right, outside, pretty much. <laughs> walk outside naked and dare somebody to say something. Like, you do that already. What do you mean you're taking me to jail? I want to be naked. I came the Lord, you know, we yeah. didn't have clothes yeah. when we got here. That's a very valid point. Like, you live that though. I, I'm okay. <laughs> Tell the truth to these people. You like you I, like I naked. I don't care about clothes because I just don't care about them. I don't mind you not caring about clothes. I mind that the blinds are open. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is there has to be a John way. always trying to derail the train, Chad. <laughs> I'm letting I'm just saying I love the fact that she's saying that's how people think. But you, no, because she's totally is, right. She's 100 you know, percent The point is my freedom shouldn't in, in, impact you. I, my liberty should not stop you from living out your liberty. As, as long as it doesn't cause harm to somebody else. I think that's yeah, that's what people harm. It shouldn't cause irreputable harm. It shouldn't cause, you know, people to feel less than or beneath sure. any of that kind of stuff. The, infl the inflation of self can definitely... Um, hurt people 
Cause yeah. I can, I can be like, yeah, it's all about me. It's what I want. It's what I'm going to do. It's me, 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 me. But in your meanness, uh, there's, there's definitely no room for God in that. Like you, you, you don't have room for God if it's going to be all about you. That inclusion aspect of, you know, I have, you know, I have family members that are opposite sex, opposite color, opposite beliefs, you know, different religious practices, and I will show up for them all the same. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Period. Like, that's just, that's who I am. Yeah. And let's talk about you guys specifically. Obviously, you guys are in the public eye. We did how many seasons of Book of John together and four seasons, three seasons. And um, that's where I fell in love with you guys. And obviously, you guys are under the, the spotlight of the public eye. So everything that happens with you guys is kind of exaggerated and, you know, blown out of proportion. I know that you guys are in a good space now. Yes. I would say that it's a place of uh, evolving. Good is a relative term. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, um, getting to a whole place or a healthy place is going to require more introspection on my part. Um, I'm just being honest. Uh, like I said, therapy has started the process and has in no way finished the process. Uh, but truth is uncomfortable. And it's something that I've struggled with because I've lived a lie. I lived a lie that I was happy, that I was whole, that, you know, Jesus is enough. And he wasn't enough because Jesus out there is not the same as Jesus in here. And I was given whatever I thought Jesus was to everybody else and having none for myself. And I don't know how to live in community. I'm an isolated, selfish individual. I'm an only child. And I had no intention of changing when I came into this marriage. And that's a deeply unsettling truth that I had to come to grips with. So good place, unearthing, evolving. Um, and, 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 and here's the and thing. By the way, that's not, that just so... I, for the audience that's not a bad place to be so i hope you don't hold i in my opinion i don't think that's a bad place to be because we should be ever evolving we're, we're not perfect we're like every day we're gonna well, first of all tomorrow's not promised so like i live in a place where like i live today in this moment i'm on a, if this is my last moment and i have the best interview ever and this is where my podcast goes that's the space i want to live in I don't want to, I don't want to live in a space where like everything is so like everyone speculates on everything. It's okay to not be in the best place. It's not, it's not a bad thing. And, 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 and working on yourself isn't healthy. We should be doing that. <laughs> right. Am I wrong? I'm not wrong. I think you're right. I just think that, you know, the, the nice answer would have been like, oh, everything's perfect. It's not. Cause I'm not. I, can always well, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have asked it if I thought you guys were going to lie to me. Yeah, well, I know you're not going to lie to me. I know I can, first of all, I can read Avenger's face all day. <laughs> she wants to lie to me. <laughs> She's not lying to me. She doesn't know how to hold tell me the truth. Mm-hmm. No, I was saying, I know you're going to tell me the truth. Oh, yeah. And it's important to me. And I want to make sure that you have a voice in this as well and how you feel. Oh, yeah. So... I feel like everything happens for a reason. So um, the one thing I know about God is that he loves me. And if there's anything that needs to be seen or known, it, it happens. 
for me. Unfortunately, I don't, I, I didn't, I wouldn't have wished that for me that I would, you know, be a part of this unveiling or uncovering of whatever needs to happen. But it, it just is what it is. In a good place, I feel like is relative to what you're speaking of. Mm -hmm. Am I in a good place in my life as far as my age, what I've accomplished, um, what God has done in me, where he's taken me, where he's taken my children, where he's taken, you know, a family, all of that kind of stuff. I think it's unfair to say not in a good place um, for that regard, um, because when I look around me, I do realize that it could look a lot different. And it does look a lot different for many people. So um, as far as relationships, I feel like introspection as well. I was on a path of self-discovery that I probably wouldn't have taken had I not been here. And um, it, it has to continue. It will continue because I, I owe it to the daughter I've been trusted with, the son I've been trusted with to not give them, you know, a mother that feels like she's arrived or that she knows everything. I can give them what I have, but I also need to give them what God wants me to give them in truth. And so that that's where I am. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's beautiful. And you said it perfectly and uh, one of the many reasons that i love you is you always put it into words and i'm like oh okay yeah that makes complete sense <laughs> um do you, how are the kids by the way big they need jobs when i saw four he got that he got big boy teeth now i was like no no he is so cute he is nine in a couple of months and there he is eight next month and it's going, it's going crazy. She's from today. What is the day? The 22nd? It's the 23rd, yeah. No, today's the 22nd. So March 22nd, she'll be eight. And I mean, it is coming. It's coming fast. And I realized with him only having one more year in single digits and her following up right behind him that they're, they're closer to becoming adults than I'd like to acknowledge. And there are some things that are going to have to be in order before they start taking those turns because they're headed into preteen. They're headed into, you know, a lot of questions that they have. And um, I want to be solid enough to give them my experiences. I want to be solid enough to give them what I believe about God and also give them enough room to make certain decisions for themselves because the hardest time that my mother and I had was when she was trying to make me like her. The greatest gift she gave to me was to discuss things about how she was raised, why she did what she did, why she accepted certain things, why she passed on other things. And then she said, but when I look at you, I just see this, this flower. And she said, we're alike and we're not. And she was just telling me, she said, you have the courage to do things that I never would have. And I want you to be able to do that. So if she was that mom that was lording over me in a way that was like, I need you to do this, 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 and this, like I said, um, then I think that might've been, I think when she saw God about me, 
that he informed her, this is who she is. So that's what I do about my kids. I'm like, who are they? Because they are, I think, the greatest parts of us, you know, in the form that they came in, because the only way they could get here was through us. But what we have to learn about our children, they're going to have to break their own path. Yes, your father's name will open doors for you, you know, that father and this father and also right. this mother, but mostly him. Um, it's it's yes, the name opens doors, open doors for you. But when you get in there, what what are you riding on when you open the door, when the opportunity presents itself? You can't talk about your father's accomplishments or your mother's people are going to want to know about you. So it may open the door, but only who you are at your core and who you are authentically will keep you where you're trying to be. And so I'm not going to let, let them explore traffic and be like, whatever. No, you're going to do what's right as far as like not hurting yourself. But when my son said, he's like, I don't want to play the piano anymore. Two and a half years later, he's like, I want to play the piano again. Okay. But I didn't force him. I let him, we let him say, this this isn't for me right now. But then he found his love for it again. And now he's back at it. I named my daughter to nickname Tutu because I'm a dancer or whatever. If she ever says she don't want to dance, she doesn't have to. I'm not going to make her. If she ever says, you know, I don't want to be an ice skater anymore. I don't want to do this. Okay. Because because that's fine. You need to figure out what works for you. So you start them off, you know, with what you like to see them do, but they will inform you of if they're going to stay there or not. Right. I think I think the biggest thing is, is that it's allowing your kids to have the opportunity, you know, for self-discovery and learning who they are and figuring it out. You know, I think that very traditional way and probably in your, both of your parents are amazing, you know, like, but they probably fell into society standards and how to raise their kids. But you guys today are on a much different path of being able to raise your kids in a way that allows them to define who they are. Just yeah. like you guys defined who you are. And, that, and that's an amazing thing. I think it also a very important quality when it comes to being a parent. Self-definition and self-discovery are things that you don't just um, add to your children's experience, but it's something that needs to happen in the lives of the parents as well. Um, self-discovery is not easy. It's uncomfortable. Uh, I vacillated between truths about me that I would much rather not address, but they're there. And the more you don't deal with them, the more pain. Uh, you got to rip the scab off sometimes uh, to deal. And she's saying she wouldn't let, if the kids didn't want to do X, Y, and Z, and I'm the guy that's going to be like, no, you're going to, I done paid all this money. You're going <laughs> to learn how to persevere, you know, because I'm not raising no quitters, you know. And there's a lot of things that happen in the course of a marriage relationship. And, you know, there are things that I don't like that Aventure says to me normally around the idea of finishing what you start. I don't like that conversation because it, it taps into a deeper place of pain for me because I already struggle with feeling incomplete. So when I leave things incomplete, it just exacerbates this already underlying tension 
The truth is I have tried to overachieve for the moments where I felt like I didn't do enough. Um, I don't want my kids to feel that way, but they're in everything. And it's Aventer. Aventer is the one that's signed my son up for basketball. Aventer is the one that has him playing piano. Aventer is the one that has theory, ice skating and dancing and all these other things. And I would have been the guy like, just chill, let it go. You know, it'll, it'll turn, it'll, but they don't raise themselves. Kids need direction. And the, I think the, the thing that I'm learning is that you can be a parent and still need a parent. Like I'm still looking for my father. He's not coming through the door. And that's hard because I still struggle with how to interact with my kids. It's easier for me to cover, to, to talk to theory because she's different. John requires more of everything and that's frustrating. So I'm learning lessons while I'm trying to be something to them that I still need for myself. Well, let me, let me, it's probably frustrating to you because you haven't experienced it because you didn't have a father there for that. So there's probably a level of frustration and correct me if I'm wrong, that probably comes into that where maybe it's a little bit harder for you to communicate with him because you didn't have somebody to show you that example, right? So now you have to be that example to a young boy who's going to be 10 and it's probably a bit of a struggle. It's probably not that easy. You know, I'm sure that's exactly where it is. It was true. Yeah. Av, your parents. I'm, it's not about the kids giving up. I just don't want to force them. You know, of what course. If, if it's like they're giving up because they feel like it was a hard day, because theory, like I will get on to her if she's moving up in ice, like when she can conquer it and it's easy, she's everywhere. But the moment she's being introduced to some a new concept or something that's a little bit harder. She's like, oh, I don't know. I won't, I won't let them back down from that. When my son said, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't want to do it right now. That's very different. Two different messages. Those are two different messages. Like, it's like, I'm not going to force you, but I'm not going to let you give up either. So you have to discern which one you're dealing with. So I'm not, I'm never going to allow them to feel like that word can is a part of their vocabulary. It's just, maybe that's not for me. Sure. You can have a that's not for me moment without saying I can't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. I mean, for me, I like I, even if I think about it, like as you as you guys are talking, I'm trying to relate it to my own life. And like, you know, I took piano lessons for a couple of years. I played in my sixth grade graduation, and then my piano teacher died. He died of a heart attack. He died suddenly, and I was completely scarred by that. So I was like, no more. Are you can't. serious? We're twins. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. I couldn't play piano after that. It's three, you know, level three. Yeah, it's because my piano teacher died when I was eleven. Yeah, I was like eleven year old. Yeah, I didn't want a new teacher. I was I was afraid to take from someone new. So the last things that she taught me at eleven, I can do those at thirty nine. Same thing. Like I can play everything that she's taught me, but I never progressed past that because I was so scared to take from somebody else. From seven to eleven, she was the only person that I knew. Yeah. And so mine was like two years. I I just after that I could not there was something about it that was really tragic that I was just like, I can't, I can't do anymore. Yeah. Especially when you let people in, especially when you're developing a talent or that young, 
you know. All right, so let's let's talk about Book of John. So three seasons. You got. I want to talk about really quickly. I want to keep you guys for like ten more minutes. Um, <clears throat> what it was like. So John obviously made his path in the world of preaching. A lot of notoriety with celebrities. Justin Bieber and everyone like that. And then you get the call from Oprah, right? And you're and Oprah's like, come out to my house. So yes. let's talk a little bit about that. What was the experience like meeting her for the first time, going to her house in Santa Barbara and, and what that meant to you guys? I was just proud of him. You know, I I was excited to see everything, you know, and to witness it and to be a part of it. I was proud of him. That was it. Like, wherever it was leading, I was his wife. So I was just proud of him. That was what I was supposed to be here for. Support. Well, you're not, I mean, th- don't play it off like that. You're not just his wife. Right. Yeah, yeah. she's in a moment. So that's why she's talking like that. No, you're not, you're not, you're not just his wife. You own your spot on this planet and, and you added something very, you add something, not added, I shouldn't say it like that. You add something special to his life. You compliment his life and you know that. And you added something very endearing and sweet and honest and sincere to the show. When I say book, when it said, it said book of John Gray, it didn't say book of Aventur and John Gray and it didn't say you know, the house of gray. It was about him and his personality. The family was a compliment to that. Yes, when I had things to say or things to offer, I would wear it out. That would be what I was there for. I'm saying when you said, what was it like to go to Oprah's house? Like having the opportunity, the opportunity was extended to him for Super Soul Sunday. The opportunity was extended to him for Super Soul Sessions. The opportunity was landed based on the conversations that he had with her. I was there as well and I got a chance to say things, but ultimately, you know, she greenlit the show based on what she felt in, in our presence, in his presence. So when, when I say that, I'm not saying it to minimize what I brought to the table at that moment. I just felt very proud that you know, there, th- this was an uprising, an uprising in, you know, a point in his life that God was getting glory because people were saying God, saying Jesus. And it was very unapologetic. And it was, you know, on never said, don't say this and don't say that about Jesus. That That's a big deal. And who wouldn't celebrate that? I just wish it could have continued in a way where, you know, you could have continued and you would have seen more of the family. I wouldn't have minded whatever happened being played out on television because you need to see that people of God are human, you know, and just seeing that part of it as well. Um, well, I definitely, I definitely feel like you guys made a huge impact, even if it was just, I don't, I don't, I don't look at it like, oh, they only got three seasons, I think, because the three seasons were incredibly impactful, great television. Yeah, how do you about Oprah and the show and all of that kind of stuff? I felt vindicated. I felt like all the things that had been bandied about throughout my formative years and how I felt overlooked and how people always tried to minimize me, um, that moment felt like validation. It felt like 
you know, all the things that I thought about me in my secret place were right. I had dreams of having conversations with Oprah. You know, I had dreams of different things, but you know, you're like, oh, that's crazy. And then God does it, you know? And I remember the moments talking with her and, and saying some things that God put on my heart to say. And um, those were very profound moments and they'll always stay with me. I remember when they renewed us, they didn't renew us for eight episodes, they renewed us for 16, which was really unprecedented in that landscape because TV was changing. And to, to commit that type of investment dollars meant that they believed in what we were doing. And that was significant. And at that same time, it was terrifying because now all of a sudden I'm, I'm in a place that I always hoped or saw, but now I'm like, oh crap, who am I? And do I really deserve to be here? So now imposter syndrome kicks in, which is a real thing. And South South. Yes. Yeah. And so all of these things are swirling around at the same time. And they're all um, fermenting in this cauldron called John Gray's soul. So I got John Gray's world on TBN and in the book of John Gray on Oprah Winfrey and then there's John Gray on Wednesday nights at Lakewood. And then, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, this name is all over the place, but what does it mean? Who am I at my core? And I can't, and, and it was these public spaces that were defining me, but I had never defined me for me because I had to find me first and I'm still finding me. And I think that would be the show. Finding John Gray is better than the book of John Gray uh, because searching these deep depths and identifying uncomfortable truths to begin to unpack so that you can finally have the life that you believe and desire. Well, meeting Oprah was validation. Super Soul Session, Super Soul Sunday, those are really profound moments. Those are historical moments. Things that I'll tell my kids and grandkids about when they really are old enough to understand the impact of an Oprah Winfrey. The invitation alone was, was impacting. There are people who wait their whole lives to have a conversation with her. So, you know, it, it was it was amazing. How are um, the couple that used to work for you guys? Uh, um, Oz and Paola. Uh, yes. How are they doing? Oh, and also, how are the, the younger couple doing? Um, Byron and Mariah. Names. Yes. Byron and Mariah are divorced. Okay. And Byron got married to my assistant here in Greenville this past Saturday, Jordan. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They How got, did that end up happening? happened. They got they got divorced maybe uh close to two years ago. Okay. And okay. um and then with Paula and Oz, they're baby number three on the way. Wow. They are populating the earth, being fruitful. <laughs> Paula is still here with us. Oz as well. You know, working. They're in Houston, but you know, she's still um. Um, our executive administrator for the church and she's still house managing doing so much for John Gray Ministries and yeah. um, she fills in with Aventure Gray Co when she can you know but they're they're phenomenal their family their family yeah it's it's pretty remarkable I mean it, it speaks a lot the character that you guys are and that you just 
attract people who are just good people because they really are like everyone we worked with and we had such a pleasant experience with and even with rob uh you know i know he would say the same thing you guys are um such gems that you attract that energy and byron and mariah and everyone oz and paula they are just are good people like and it speaks a lot about who you guys are they're great people yeah so what are you guys hoping for for your future what do you guys see you guys working on anything new what's going on i know av has sparked huge business right you've launched something recently that you want to talk about i know i want you to talk about it yeah um the women's empowerment brand and just um mentorship not beyond just pastoral but just who i am the connectivity about womanhood all facets motherhood you know wife entrepreneur um so aventure great co is a conglomerate of just women stuff women 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 (laughs) everything about them um so that includes you know i have you know clothing pieces to connectivity coming you know the candles and journals but i'm resetting some things now for this year you know covid kind of took away the in-person things that i wanted to do last year so towards the end of the year hopefully i can have something in person but it's whatever the lord wants to do with aventure gray co it's cool we want well i mean uh, let's not downplay you're making big strides you're doing big things i see it i follow you we follow each other on social media my podcast you know i'll be resetting that in a in a few weeks and filming again and then releasing that second season because the first one was super exciting um and we'll see what what happens with that as well. Because I like to talk. And you and me both, Chad. <laughs> talk and share. That's the only way you you really get to know people and get to hear perspective more than living in your own body and choosing to only just listen to your own thoughts and your own mind. The only way you get broad, broader perspective is talking and sharing experiences and exchanging them. So I'm excited about that. So uh, let's play a fun little game and then I'll let you guys go. He okay. What he, he didn't say what he had. Oh yeah, talk about, talk. what's been up, John? What's going on? I know that you guys got to church. I'm not working on anything. I'm just, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out day by day. I'm ADHD, like clinical. So I don't, do the long game because I couldn't tell you where I'm going to be tomorrow. Um, I just feel like uh, I, I I have a heart to do film. I really want to direct movies. That's really like a big passion. I feel like telling stories. I don't like the day-to-day business of church because it exposes things about that side of religion that I hate. I like to tell people about Jesus Um, And I think the best way to tell them is through stories, because when Jesus was speaking to people, he would tell them stories. So descriptive imagery that brings you into the action and causes you to feel like you're a part of it. And it also values your humanity. 
And too many times people go to church and they want to talk above the people to make themselves feel good. So now church is a phallic symbol. It's like spiritual Viagra. Since you can't get it up, you try to outperform and outpace and show off when in fact, the greatest products are the ones that are simple from the outside and easy to use, but complex on the inside. That's why I respect Apple because their products are easy to use. Little kids know how to navigate an iPhone or an iPad, but they don't know anything about the circuitry and all that stuff on the inside. And I feel like telling stories is gonna be where I make my mark. I mean, I, I can tell you how or when, but that's something that I wanna do before I die. Tell stories um, that matter and not answer all the questions, but maybe ask the right ones so people can go look for it and find out the truth for themselves once the, once the entertainment value is up. Well, I love y'all. I always have, always will. Um, let's play a little fun game because I'm gonna add a little fun to this. Right. So if you had to give up chocolate or cheese, which one would you give up? Chocolate. Have. Chocolate. <laughs> I, I don't think I could give up cheese. Yeah, I'm the same way. I really don't think I could give up cheese. That's hard. Why are we in the same category? Neither. Yeah, <laughs> neither. <laughs> that is the, that takes the fun of the game away. Okay, chocolate. chocolate. Yeah, I probably would have to give up chocolate. Um, would you ever, would you guys ever live in New York? Yes. I know Av loves New York because I know she loves musical theater. Yes. You would. If I had to. Okay. What about California? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, would you ever live in New York? Yeah, but not like for a long time. I wouldn't mind living there for a season. Okay. What about California? I, I could do it. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys stayed in California for some time, right? Together, yeah. yeah. Um. Well, okay. If you had to bring three things to a, if you only were allowed to bring three, three, three things to a deserted island, what would you bring? To a what? Desert. A deserted island. Three things. Does it include people? Uh, no. <laughs> Those so three oh, things. Say. Mm. She really trying to think. She's like, does that mean I gotta bring eyebrows or <laughs> eyelashes? <laughs> right. Um, water and know, pizza. What kind? Am I? Are you a pineapple person on pizza? Beef? I don't remember that. No, I don't. Ground like beef, ground beef and spinach. Uh -huh. And cheese. And my, um, my laptop. Wi -Fi. That was four things. There ain't no, there's not going to be no Wi Fi in the middle, in them streets. <laughs> I would take a desalination device. Okay. Salt water. So at least I'd have water. I'd take a yeah. Bible. And then I would take um, my. A forever charged phone with all my music downloaded. But if I couldn't take all my music, I'd take Tommy Sims' album um, at Peace and Love. That's the album I would take on a deserted island. Favorite song? Favorite song? 
Yes, child. She likes her. There's a lot of favorite songs. I know, but like if I had to pick one, because if I had to pick one, I would say Always Be My Baby by Mariah Carey. That would be my favorite song. You can't pick. You can't yeah, pick. Favorite food. She should be at a restaurant and won't too. So you you're not gonna get no answer. <laughs> favorite song. I have favorite songs per year and per genre. Uh, understandable. Yes. Choose okay. right now. Three, two, choose. Any song by The Temptations, any song by Beyonce, any song by her. One song. And gospel songs for Jesus. Oh, my God. When Jesus say yes, nobody can. Yeah. Say no. I love that song. Really, truth to me. When I worked with, when I was working with Michelle, I was like, that's all I love. I love that song. All right, let me say hi to the kids. Four. Let me see where the boy is. Who is that? I think they might he might have gone over there with my parents. Oh, if they went that's fine. They're, they're, not around. they're in the guest house. Four, four. Come here. Is Theory here? What are you doing? Buddy. Hmm. Buddy, 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 buddy. Come here. Do you remember Woody from the book of John Gray? Hi, Mr. Woody. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. It's good to see you. Are, are you as tall as your mom now? Almost. <laughs> Almost, yes. <laughs> it's good to see you. Um, and, uh, how is your sister doing? Uh, she's doing good. Yeah. Are your grades up? I'm third grade. I'm also about to be in fourth grade. Okay. You're doing well in school? Oh, yeah. My grade is up. Okay, good. Tell them what, what you got on your test today. A language arts. I got, I got a 100 on my test. Wow. All right. Well, keep those grades up. You know they're important. Yes, sir. You've been good with your mom and your dad? Yes, you ma'am. yourself? Sir. Causing no trouble? No. Mm -hmm. I can't believe how many times. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> I can't believe how big he's gotten. That's so crazy to me. Wild. Wild. Well, it's good to see you. Good to see you, too. I'm going to come visit you guys soon. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I uh, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for taking the time to do my show. It's a dream come true that I get to be able to have an outlet like this podcast, and I'm just so excited to to uh, to have real conversations. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys being open and honest too, as well. So thank Love you. you. Love you. Love you guys. Thank you so Love much. You, really appreciate you. 